Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Elite Titans podcast. The only podcast in the world brave enough to ask, would you let Mike Vrabel take a dump on your chest to win a Super Bowl? I am your host, Ethan Jordan, the Canadian Titan, and we got a bit of a jam-packed show today, so I'm going to stop with the introductions and start talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right, this past Sunday, the Tennessee Titans absolutely bitched the Jacksonville Jaguars 37-19 in a game that wasn't even as close as the 18-point difference makes it seem. From the very first drive, the Titans' defense owned the Jacksonville Jaguars. Owned them so bad that Elijah Molden, stud Jedi in the slot, forced a fumble off of a pass to a tight end, and Kevin Byard picked that shit up and ran it back to the house to just immediately put the foot to the throats of the Jags. The Jacksonville Jaguars didn't lead for a second in the game. Now, immediately after that defensive touchdown, they gave up a really long run to James Robinson, which helped my fantasy football team, but brought a tear to my eye, and the Jags did score shortly after that, but missed the extra point, and it was kind of a laughing stock from there. Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry things, and Ryan Tannehill hit a wide-open Michael Pruitt, and it was really just satisfying. Satisfying to watch after the debacle against the New York Jets the week before. Things just made more sense. The Titans should be beating shitty teams, and they did. They did beat a shitty team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect by any means. And we're going to go through three things that I really didn't like about this Jacksonville Jaguars ass-beating, and three things that I did like. Now, let's start with the three things I did like, because... Here on the Elite Titans podcast, we prefer to be positive and not negative little bitches. So let's start with Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard has endured a lot of criticism over the last couple of years from national media, from Tennessee Titans fans, from a lot of people. And the fact of the matter is, Kevin Byard is back. And it wasn't just returning a fumble all the way to the end zone. It wasn't just his interception on the final play of the game. It's been pretty clear all season that Kevin Byard is is that man. He's the mayor. He is the leader of the defense. He's the leader of the secondary. He's the guy who we thought he was when we extended him. And yeah, he had a bad year last year, an embarrassingly bad year last year. But all season long, he's been pretty damn good in coverage. He's been one or two steps away from making a big play almost every game. And sure, he's missed some tackles, but he's been fairly consistent. Kevin Byard had a huge game, and I'm sure it's going to be a massive confidence boost for him heading into Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills, but we'll get into that later. Another player that I really liked 
and who had a really good game, especially considering how his season started, is Taylor Lewan. Now, the difficult thing when talking about offensive linemen is it's hard to notice when they're good. It's very easy to notice when they're bad. A good game for an offensive lineman is pretty much just making sure nothing gets fucked up. And Ryan Tannehill did take three sacks in the game, but none of them were from Taylor Lewan. In fact, according to PFF, Taylor Lewan let up zero pressures all game. And he had a really good pass and run blocking grade as well. I believe both were over 85. Titans fans need to realize that Taylor Lewan, outside of week one and his no-show week two, has played really well. And he gets a lot of shit for his podcast and for coming out and apologizing on Twitter, but there's a reason why he got paid the money that he did. And it's because he's really fucking good. So, hopefully, this game against the Jags, and the Jags don't have a slouch defensive line. Josh Allen, the edge rusher, not the overrated quarterback, is very talented, and... He was largely ineffective because of Taylor Lewan. After the game, Taylor Lewan said that he felt like he, he's getting back to form and each week he's getting better, but that he still felt like there was some meat left on the bone for the Titans offense and for Derrick Henry. And that's the kind of mentality that you want to see in the leader of your offensive line. We're good, but we could be better. And the offensive line hasn't been particularly good all year. So it's good to know that the leader thinks or knows that they could be better. So really happy with Taylor Lewan, and I'm, I'm hoping this week against Buffalo, he will continue to be better than the week before, as he has been every week all year. The last person I want to talk about, he actually didn't play that much. He came in and spot duty because stud lockdown corner Christian Fulton went down a few times, and that's rookie Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley didn't play a lot of defensive snaps. I think it was around 20, but when he did play, he he looked not like an absolute stud, but he didn't look like the game was too fast for him. Now, there was a pass defense on his part, uh, he stopped a touchdown, and some people might say it was pass interference. I don't think it was pass interference. He was in the right place for an underthrown ball. And there was one play where, had Trevor Lawrence been slightly more accurate, Caleb Farley probably would have given up a touchdown. But the important thing here is he's getting live reps, and he doesn't look like absolute dog shit. Now, that's not me saying that I'm satisfied with mediocrity. But it's good to see Caleb Farley, number three, on the field. And a lot of people have been pretty pissed off about the production or lack thereof from our rookie class. So I'm hoping this kind of makes them shut the fuck up a little bit. One thing I'm going to do, actually, is give a little bit of an honorable mention. Jeffrey Simmons has been balling out all year. 
And there were a few people on Titans Twitter who were saying they expected to see a little bit more from our first round pick a few years ago. And it makes me think, damn, I hate football fans because they generally don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You don't have to be a film expert to see Jeffrey Simmons is balling the fuck out and that Harold Landry is having his best season in large part because Jeffrey Simmons is balling the fuck out. He is a top five, a top three defensive tackle. Just stop expecting everybody to be the best at their position all the time. Jeffrey Simmons is not Aaron Donald, and that's okay because he's still really fucking good. That's kind of all I wanted to say about that. So let's let's move on to the three things I didn't like about the Jacksonville Jaguars game. And not all of them are on defense. Because despite what some people seem to think about our defense, um, they're not the worst part of this team. But the worst part of the game, in my opinion, had to be Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans just doesn't look good, guys. He just looks lost. On more than one occasion, he's shooting the wrong gap. He's missing tackles. He's running around in literal circles in the backfield or in in the secondary. He's just lost. And I've held out hope for a long time about Rashawn Evans, but I think it might be time to move on. Now, it was very obvious the Titans were going to move on when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but I held out hope that this was the year that maybe he could finally put it together, that having Shane Bowen as the defensive coordinator and having another year in the system and more cohesion was going to matter. But he's playing his worst year. He's playing his worst year by far. He's constantly out of position. He constantly looks like he doesn't know what's going on. Just... Play Monty Rice. In fact, the Tennessee Titans made a signing this week that looks like it could spell the end for Sean Evans. The Titans signed former Tennessee Titan Avery Williamson. And I think in a few weeks, maybe even two, maybe even this coming week against Buffalo, you'll see Avery take some reps some snaps away from Rashawn Evans because when he's on the field, he just seems like an absolute liability. And there was one play against the Jacksonville Jaguars on the goal line where he jumps over the offensive line for no reason. I don't know if he was trying to do a Troy Polamalu. I don't know if he was trying to use his instincts to say, oh shit, this is where Robinson's going to go, but When you make a mistake that drastic and you front flip over an offensive line for no reason, it just, you look silly. And it's not a good look for Evans. I'm pretty over him at this point. Play him just a little bit. Play him sparingly. The second part I want to talk about, uh, flipping over to the offense, and this is a player that I've mentioned on more than one occasion, Jeffrey Swaim. Jeff Swaim is just... A bum. I don't know how many weeks I have to say it. 
anytime he is on the field, it's like playing with 10 players because he doesn't block well at all. And that's the thing that we brought him on here for. I distinctly remember a play, a run to the right where Jeffrey Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, Jeff Swaim motioned and completely whiffed on a block. And the defender tackled Derrick Henry in the backfield. And you, you got to look and you got to say, is there nobody better? Is there no one else available who can block slightly better than Jeff Swaim? There's got to be somebody. Get him off the field. Get him off the team. He's had more than enough opportunities. I would almost rather Tim Tebow at this point. Because at least when he messes up, it's like, <laughs> that's Tim Tebow. Not, this is the guy we brought back expecting to be good. This is who we brought back instead of Jonu Smith. Just hurts to see. And speaking of hurting to see, the last thing I want to talk about was just the tackling. Not from one particular player, but from virtually the entire defense. The tackling was piss poor. And I heard in an interview after, I don't remember exactly who was saying it, that one of the reasons they struggled to tackle so much was that James Robinson has the ability to bounce off people. Well, that's not really an excuse, in my opinion. Low center of gravity or whatever you want to call it, I get it. Some guys are much more difficult to tackle than others, but across the board, it was just disgusting. Lavishka Chenault, the Jacksonville player that, for some reason, Urban Meyer doesn't want to seem to get the ball to, had a 58-yard gain on a pass in which four or five defenders were around him shortly after he made the catch. And they all missed. They all couldn't wrap him up. And that's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable against the Jags. It's not acceptable against the Jets. And it's sure as fuck not going to be acceptable against the Buffalo Bills. A team that you need to be on your P's and Q's in order to, to, to win. Shitty tackling is, is, is just not going to get the job done. So those are my thoughts on the Jags game. I had no doubt in my mind that the Titans were going to win. Then again, I had no doubt in my mind the Titans are going to beat the Jets, and I was really fucking wrong about that. So, let's move on. Let's leave the past in the past, and let's talk about... Well, before we talk about the Buffalo Bills, there's a few other things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Ty Sombrello. Now, if you don't know, which you should if you're a elite like myself, Ty Sombrello retired. He retired mid-season, I believe it was on Wednesday... He gave up. He had his reasons, and I'm sure they are valid. But as a fan, an elite Titans fan, I just have to say, peace out. I respect everything that Ty Sombrello has done for this team up until this point. But a story came out from A to Z Sports' Buck Rising, essentially saying, Ty Sombrello did not like randomly being called up to start in place of Taylor Lewan or to start at right tackle or to play. 
And it makes me think, what is a backup's job? Backup's job is to be ready when his number is called. And apparently that's too much for Tyson Brelo. So peace out. Thank you for your service. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. I hope you stay retired because I will talk shit for whatever team you go to after this. Maybe football is just not for you. Speaking of Ty Sombrello and the offense and the offensive line, the offense. The offense is underachieving. And if you remember, as you should, heading into this season, a lot of people were saying, if our defense can just be average, can just be mediocre, then the Tennessee Titans are going to win the Super Bowl. Now, if you're a longtime listener of the Elite Titans podcast, like I hope you are, you may recall at the start of the season, I said, I think the Tennessee Titans defense is going to be better than average. I think they're going to be ranked no lower than 14th. And I like to pound my chest because the Titans are actually really close to that. They're currently, or rather heading into week five, they were ranked 17th. Now, again, people were clamoring, please just give us an average defense. Well, we have that average defense. We have competency on the defensive side of the ball. And yet, you can look on Titans Twitter and you'll hear, fire Shane Bowen. Why are the the defensive backs still playing 10 yards off the ball? This defense is still shit, trash. Get them out of here. We can't win a Super Bowl like this. What? What happened to just wanting competency? What happened to just being average, being good enough? And I've had multiple arguments with fans on Twitter that I shouldn't be satisfied with mediocrity. It's not good enough. You shouldn't be relying on the offense. Wait a minute. The offense that has Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry? The offense that boasted a 2,000-yard rusher? The offense that has been top three in scoring the last two years? That's the offense that we shouldn't be relying on? If you think that it is possible or reasonable or logical in any way for a defense that was ranked 29th and had a historically bad third down percentage in 2020 to suddenly go from that to a top 10 defense in 2021, you're fucking crazy. You're insane. That's just not going to happen. And if it does happen, that's a fucking miracle. So, the real problem with the Tennessee Titans of 2021 is the offense. The offense is not consistent. Think about the first five weeks. Or, really, you can focus on the two losses to the Jets and to the Cardinals. Can you honestly look at those games, actually watch them, don't just be a box score stat checking bastard and can you look at those games and say this is the fault of the defense we lost because of the defense spoiler alert no you can't and if you can that's because you don't know what you're talking about 
The Tennessee Titans defense has played well enough to win every single game. But it is the offense, whether it's a slow start, whether it's not converting in the red zone, whether it's turning the ball over in your own red zone, it's mistakes by the offense that have cost this team. The Tennessee Titans against the Jets went into halftime 9-7. to That was three trips to the red zone that resulted in only nine points. That's not the defense's fault. And sure, their second half was trash, but if you're going into the half 21 to 7, if you're going into the half 17 to 7, it's a completely different game. The defense did their job against the Jets. The defense did their job, obviously, against the Jags. They did their job against the Seattle Seahawks. Sure, they gave up, again, some big plays. But if the offense is capable of scoring when they have their opportunities, this team is going to go far. Not enough people are focused on the fact that the offense sometimes just isn't doing it. It's not on the defense. I have yet to see the defense be responsible for the position that the team is in at any point in the game. So next time you load up Twitter and you say, fire Shane Bowen, our corners suck, get rid of Kevin Byard. Just don't fucking do that, you dumbass. I apologize. I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't call you a dumbass. You're probably not a dumbass. You're probably just emotional and irrational, and you probably are just lashing out. So again, I apologize. The Canadian in me wants to say, I am sorry. Speaking of apologies, I have to apologize to a couple friends of mine who are Buffalo Bills fans, because I'm about to be the most unbearable person for the next however many days until the game starts. Why is that? Because I believe the Tennessee Titans are going to beat the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. Now you might be thinking, Mr. Canadian Titan, the Buffalo Bills have the number one ranked offense. The Buffalo Bills have the number one ranked defense. How... Oh, how are the Tennessee Titans who lost to the New York Jets going to beat the Buffalo Bills? Let me tell you something about rankings six weeks into the season. They're shit. They don't mean much at all. Who have the Buffalo Bills played? Now, I understand you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. And I can't necessarily fault the Bills for boosting their stats against the likes of the Miami Dolphins and the Washington football team. But I can use that fact, or those facts, to kind of give some context to their rankings. They haven't played anybody good. 
And I know you're thinking, well, the Kansas City Chiefs are good. No, they're not. They have good players, but the Chiefs are bad this year. Much like I said they would be, again, if you listen to the Elite Titans podcast. The Buffalo Bills have lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's it. And the Steelers are trash. Now, it's week one. That was week one, rather. I get it. And anomalies happen in week one, like the Arizona Cardinals bitching the Tennessee Titans. But if you look at the rest of their games, with the exception of the Washington football team and the terrible Houston Texans, they haven't looked particularly dominant. And some people might point to the shutout against the Miami Dolphins, but the Miami Dolphins were crippled. And some people might point to the 18-point victory, 38-20 to over the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Kansas City Chiefs have a defense that is pretty much a peewee football team. But like, let's look at Josh Allen himself. His stats are not particularly good. He's just barely over 60% completion percentage. Their offense isn't scary to me. They don't have a run game to speak of. And I've often said that if you just cover Stefan Diggs, chances are you're going to shut down Josh Allen. Josh Allen is one of the lowest rated, according to PFF, quarterbacks in a clean pocket. Why is that? Because he doesn't always make great decisions. If the Tennessee Titans can just get some pressure without blitzing against the Buffalo Bills, I'm confident the Titans win the game. On top of that, if we look at the Buffalo Bills defense, sure, they faced off against Pat Mahomes, who likes to run backwards 30 yards to throw a 20-yard pass. But who else have they faced that's an offensive threat? Nobody. Nobody else has been a threat. And the Tennessee Titans, if they are healthy, with a healthy Julio Jones, who did practice on Wednesday, with a healthy A.J. Brown, who did play in limited snaps against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and a healthy King Henry, how, how do you stop that? I know that's been the question all year. And that offense hasn't really clicked yet. But this is the best team, yes, better than the Kansas City Chiefs, that the Bills are going to have faced. And they're going to face them hot off a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're going to face them in Nashville. I'm picking the Titans to win. And I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I'm not. I'm not going to talk that much shit about the Bills. But I don't think it's going to be a three-point last-second field goal win either. Last year, Josh Allen looked terrible against the Titans. And that was him coming off his five-week MVP, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'm, I'm not sold on the Bills. I believe the Titans are going to win this game. And I would love to give you a score prediction, but I'm probably just going to post that on Twitter on Sunday just before the game. 
And you can follow me again on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan. You can follow the podcast at Elite Titans Pod. And before we wrap up today, we got a couple questions. Some questions from some listeners. And I will always, always, always read your questions and answer them on the podcast. We've got three today. Question from Titan Matt. He says, why isn't every rookie contributing? We need our draft picks to make an immediate impact and not just sit on the sidelines, damn it. Now that's a little tongue-in-cheek. That's bringing up one of the storylines that have been permeating throughout the entire season. And that's the contributions from our rookies. Well, we did have some contribution from Caleb Farley on Sunday, and we've had contributions from Elijah Molden as well, both good and bad. And with the retirement of Ty Sombrello, we're probably going to have Dylan Radens active and even playing in the coming weeks. Monty Rice played. Racy McMath, who is currently on IR, has played and looked pretty good as a blocker. This narrative that our rookies are not contributing, I hate it. I really hate it. Because over the last few years, this narrative has come out that you should be starting your first and second round rookies immediately. It hasn't worked out a lot of the time. Sure, there's your Justin Jeffersons and there's your Antoine Whitfields, but there's also your Alex Leatherwoods. There's your Zach Wilsons, who's terrible, or your Trey Lance, who just had his first game, and he didn't look good at all. There's a lot of this idea that you should just be starting them right off the bat. That's not Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel doesn't necessarily do what everybody else is doing, and he's a better coach for that. I believe Vrabel's going to put them out when it's the right time for them to go out. When they've earned it in practice, when they're smart enough and prepared enough to make a positive difference on the field. So let this narrative that if we don't let Caleb Farley start X amount of games, he's a bust. Let that shit die. The next question comes from at pigskinaddict18. Does Titans Twitter know what sarcasm is? And if they do, why do they always take everything you say to the T? Now, this is a good question. I like to joke around on Twitter. Some people might not find my jokes funny, and that's fine. I think I'm hilarious, and that's all that matters. And I'm sure that this has to do with what I said on the top of the hour, actually. Would you let Mike Vrabel take a dump on your chest if it meant that the Titans would win a Super Bowl this year. I asked this question on Twitter. I thought it was funny. It was a joke. I put a poll. Some people said yes. Some people said no. But a lot of people got really pissed off. Saying, oh, Canadian Titan, I didn't realize you had a, a shit kink. First off, don't kink shame people. Second, I don't have a shit kink. I just thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. That's pretty much all there is to it. And if you look at that and you say, no grown man would ever ask this question, fucking relax. 
Twitter's a joke. And if you take Twitter too seriously, that's on you. That's not on me. Last thing, last question comes from Josip Salov. I'm, I don't know how to say your name, and that's what you're going to get. It says, if you could keep five players on the roster for the next five years and blow up the rest of the team, who would it be? This is a really good question. And what I should have done was write down my answer beforehand uh, so I don't have to think about it live on the podcast. But I'm, I'm just going to go off the top of my head. First one has to be Derrick Henry. I know there's a lot of people who think Derrick Henry's almost done. He's being used so much. He has so many touches, so many carries uh, that he is not going to last as long. And there's a lot of fans, particularly Browns fans, who like to point out that Nick Chubb's going to last a lot longer because he's not used as much. Derrick Henry is built different. So Derrick Henry's got to be my first guy. Secondly, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute stud. Um, He's top three in his position. And you want to build out from the trenches. Which brings me to my third one, Harold Landry. I'm a huge fan of Harold Landry. He's probably my third or fourth favorite player on the team. Um, His bend is otherworldly. He's got the hustle. He played 98% of snaps last season. He's on pace for like 95% this season. Absolute baller. Give me Harold Landry. Fourth, I want to say A.J. Brown. His injuries are concerning. He ha- he's a stud. He's an absolute stud of a wide receiver. And I really don't think that his knee injuries are going to be a problem throughout his whole career. I've heard some receivers, particularly Chris Sanders, say that these are the kinds of injuries that stick out throughout your career. Maybe I should trust his judgment a little bit more, but there's something special about when the ball gets in A.J. Brown's hands and... That's probably who I would, yeah, I'm going to say A.J. Brown. And the last one I'm going to use, it's not going to be Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I love Ryan Tannehill. I think he is replaceable. Um, It's going to be Christian Fulton. Those are my five. Christian Fulton is shown to be a lockdown corner. He's young. Um, I'm going to go with those five. Derrick Henry, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Christian Fulton, and whoever the fourth person I said was, A.J. Brown. So those are my five, and this has been this has been fun. It's been a bit of a jam-packed episode of the Elite Titans podcast. And honestly, guys, I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy sitting in front of a microphone and talking about my favorite fucking football team. And I don't care how many listeners there are. If you are one of them, if you are one of the few, thank you genuinely thank you because you guys are kind of the reason why I find this to be so much fun. I like interacting with you guys. I like when you ask questions. That was my computer making a noise. I have a lot of fun doing it. I have a lot of fun watching the team and despite all the negativity that likes to bounce around all over Titans Twitter, I like being a part of that shit too. The the positive part, not the not the negative part. So, going to wrap it up here, guys. Thank you for listening. 
Uh, this has been the Elite Titans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan. You can follow the podcast at Elite Titans Pod. And remember, every single day, I'm not a homer. I'm just an Elite Titans fan. Tighten up, fuck the bills, and I'll see you next week.